0: Richard. Hi, um, how you doing? Good, how are you? Um, so this is the kind of first in our podcast series talking about talking to industry leaders about the XR industry. Um, for the benefit of kind of viewers, listeners and that sort of thing, could you kind of give us a rough general introduction to yourself and kind of how you started in the XR industry?
1: Sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Richard Ward and um, I am the XR ex- head of Metaverse at McKinsey and Company, kind of a big consulting firm. Uh, I'm, I'm no longer with the firm. So just to be clear, everything I say is my own private opinion and it's not that of McKinsey and Company. Small print legal disclaimers and that sort of thing. That was a great disclaimer, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, um, and, then, uh, and, and so how I got started with this was uh, back in about 2018, 2019, when the Oculus Go came out. Um, yeah. And so I've started a number of companies in my career and there were always when kind of like a technology performance crossed a certain curve. And uh, I did like when databases, when Oracle databases hit a certain price point in the 90s, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, wow, this, yeah. you know, this this uh, SQL thing might work, you know. And um, and so when the Oculus Go came out, it was very clear to, which, by the way, here we go. All right. You know, to prove that I'm not lying, there is an Oculus
0: Go. Ah, oh, very nice. Seat seat. I've
1: got a big suitcase. Of <laughs> <laughs> but the key point is, is that uh, you know it was kind of, it's kind of a certain price performance crossover, and it was like you know one hundred and ninety nine dollars, and you got all of this VR capability, and you know, and like yeah. certainly our, all of our purists would say, "Oh, but it's only six DOF, three DOF, right?" You know, you need. It's like, dude, it's still a lot, you know. And I uh, yeah. then spent some of my own money outside of the company uh, developing some prototypes just to really understand the, the the boundary conditions of this, and the main insight. And this is real I think really important that a lot of people do not under, truly understand. The main insight I got is that the the misperception was that this device was going to give you a lot of things. It will give yeah. you a you know a, a roller coaster ride. It will give you you know a trip to the pyramids. It will give you this. Mm. And the thing that I figured out was mm, no actually it takes from you an incredible amount of information. Yeah, and, and and it measures what you do because the only way that this thing can work, of course, is that it has to like measure which way is your head pointing, where's your hands, goes to a little computer, and then it comes back and it calculates the thing, and then it puts the next frame rate in front of you, and it has to do that about you know sixty times a second, right, at, at a least. Yeah. So it's measuring you, calculating, re, you know imaging, and then pushing out right, and cycle, 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 yeah. cycle. And, and And the reason this is important is is that like uh, the reason that like Google and Amazon and meta are trillion dollar companies or at least they were anyway um, is not because, for example, Google answers the question for you, what is the capital of france yeah right? it doesn't give you the money's not in giving you the answer the capital of France the money is in capturing from you that you're interested in the country of France and you were not earlier. Which yeah. what they do is they take that data from you and they build a model of who you are intellectually and as a consumer. And surprise, surprise, you now have a bunch of ads for hotels and airplane tickets to France for the next three weeks.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So
1: we are so they are trillion dollar companies because of what they took from you, not because of the answers they gave you. Right. Same thing with yeah. Facebook. You know, Being able to tell you what your high school sweetheart is up to, there's not a lot of money in that, but in the fact that you are searching for a variety of things and you click on a variety of things, then they build an economic model of who you are and they put ads in front of you. Well, my insight was that the, the Oculus Go was, was able to capture uh, information about the human, the physical and intellectual state of the human. And, and based off of that, we built a system called uh, Safety Observer, In which what we did was we there's there's been a big problem in safety for 100 years, which basically is saying we don't know which one of our people is actually any good at identifying hazards and avoiding them. Yeah. Right. So if you were to see an exposed electrical wire, number one, do you even see it? So are you (laughs) scanning the ground looking for exposed electrical wires? And if you see one, do you know that might be dangerous and stay away from it? I don't know, you yeah. got 10,000 employees, which ones are good at this and which ones are bad. So what we did with those, we built a system where actually people sat in, put on Oculus Go, sat in spinny chairs, uh, and were able to go through basically like a haunted house of an industrial warehouse, a chemical plant, these sorts of things. And I, I, and all they had to do with a 3DOF controller was put identify hazards and put stickers on them that said dangerous. And yeah. what we did was we gathered data. We gathered 10 measurements per second and uh, we could measure whether over the course of the 11 minutes, whether people, like, for example, did they look behind them and see the hazard that was back there or not, you know? Uh, Did they look up at all? Did they look down at all? Did they see the electrical wire? Did they put a sticker on it, you know? And so we'd be able to come back, and we gathered this incredible amount of information and then ran it through a machine learning thing and give these incredible detailed reports. Uh, and, And one of the most interesting insights that we got out of it is that once people turn 40 years old, they stop looking up. <laughs> I'm done for. <laughs> and, 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 it, and, it's, and it's interesting, right? And now I'm not, so so that's, that's, a, that's an outcome, right? And you'd say, well, you know, I'm not going to infer causality. But, but from a safety yeah. standpoint, that's a big problem. Right. You got a lot of people over the age of 40 in your your, uh, you know, refineries and metal foundries and automotive plants and things like that. And a lot of things fall from above and bang you on the head. Right. Mm. And so uh, so what we what we were able to do with that was, um, you know, by the way, through interviews, interviews, what we finally roughly thought we figured out was that once somebody's been is 40 years old in an industrial plant, they've been working there about 15 years they're pretty sure that they know everything and they're not going you know, to, they've, they've, you know, they know what they're doing, right? So yeah. what we actually helped the client do was put together a uh, master, safety master class, right? To take all the people who are 40 and over and have like a refresher course and reinforce yeah. the, the importance of actually looking up and a variety of other things. But the whole thing is, is that this was a case where we were gathering data about people's physical performance, right? Not yeah. tapping on a little iPhone, not answering quizzes on a laptop, but data you could only gather by presenting them with a kind of a physical reality uh, and building an incredibly powerful system off of that. And so that, that's, that was the key thing that was a major breakthrough for us. We, we were doing great, great work, especially in the Middle East with all the refineries <clears throat> there. But then COVID shut the whole thing down because we couldn't put 50 people into a conference room at a time to gather the data. You know, that's, sort of, yeah. so that's a very long answer. As you will see, I'm like a gas that expands to fit the time. That's a very long answer for how did I get involved in this?
0: It's an interesting one though, isn't it? Like you say, because I guess, you know, before VR, I guess companies must have had to have done it or companies did, it, I guess the kind of traditional way of having everyone, you know, like like physically in the environment and, and kind of doing hazard perceptions and things like that in a, in a real world setting. And think that's what I really love about VR. I think it's really kind of, I guess, well, made it more accessible to that, anybody. The
1: problem with that was twofold, right? So we had experts. That, the reason we came on this was experts would tell us the problem. Um, when you did those sorts of things, what you would find is you'd have to, for economics, you'd put a group of about 20 to 30 people with the, with the expert, and they'd do a walkthrough, a safety walkthrough. Yeah. Right? Now, the expert saw the hazards. And what you had is just like taking a bunch of students through a museum. You'd have these like four or five keeners right around the professor, them pointing out everything. And everybody else at the back is just checking out TikToks at the back of the group. Yeah, right. And they didn't care. And or the other yeah. problem you had was that some companies would uh, do a Disney World type thing where they would take a, uh, a warehouse, or if they're doing maintenance, they would set up some hazards, run people through it with a clipboard, and they had to like identify all the things and they would gather the data on them. But the problem, of course, yeah. is that you know you couldn't run everybody through there. So mysteriously. You would start the course at 9 o'clock in the morning, and by the time you hit the after-lunch crowd, they were all safety geniuses.
0: (laughs) I was comparing notes at the lunch table.
1: Well, you know, it's the old help a brother out, right? Maybe this time I'm (laughs) in the 9 o'clock crew and you're in the 1 o'clock. Maybe next time you're in the 9 o'clock and I'm in the 1 o'clock, help a brother out. Because we all know that the man upstairs (laughs) wants to fire somebody, you know.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. So I guess, you know, over the last kind of three or four years, you know, since you've kind of been working with the technology then, what have you really kind of most liked about it?
1: Well, the thing that I like of it, and I characterize this truly as we are in the process, the early days of a computing revolution, like a complete platform change. And it's not, and, and, and if you think about it, we went from mainframes to midframes which most people were not involved in the mainframe and the midframe piece, to PCs, right, to then networked PCs. So that's when you could share a printer in the same floor or send email across the company, to then personal computers at home, to then mobile computers, to now where we are is what I call is full-body computing. So not head-mounted computing, full-body computing. Because it's not about the mounting on the head. It's about the fact that in order for this thing to do its job, it has to measure you, right? If I Mm. turn my head like this on my smartphone or this laptop, it doesn't do anything, right? It's not like, you know, I turn my head and that's what happens to the compute environment. It's just I'm on my own. But with these things, if I turn my head, move my arms, right, shift my body, those things, they change the compute environment. And so you find that we're in the early days of a new, what I call FBC, full body computing. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. that we're in the early days of the full body computing change or platform change or evolution. And just as people say, you know, just, you know, people are like, oh, well, it's going to like completely, you know, replace the smartphone. It's like, no, it's not. You know, television did not replace radio. Yeah. Cinema did not replace television, you know, or whatever the right order of these things. And instead, what you find is just as, just as smartphones did not replace laptops for the simple reason yeah. that it's, it's like each device is, is optimized for a certain set of inputs and outputs, right? You would yeah. never use a smartphone to build an Excel spreadsheet or a PowerPoint deck, right? It's horrible, mm-hmm. right? You can, I mean, theoretically, you can do it, but my God, you'd rather kill yourself. Instead, you know, a keyboard and a mouse are incredible input devices with a nice set of real estate. And you can also, by the way, check your email and yell at the dog and do all sorts of stuff while you're doing it. And you're like, cre- it's, yeah, yeah. Great, you know, it's great for input. Now, this thing is great for consumption. But it's also great for, like, from a from the camera perspective, it's great for video capture and film capture and, yeah. and a variety of those things in a way that a laptop is not, right? It's hard to do like so, okay, so, way- Yeah cute selfies with your laptop. You know? and so, um, You've done that before, haven't you? Uh, uh, you know,
0: follow <laughs> well, me on Instagram,
1: everybody. And, um, uh, and so, so my piece is is that what I think we're going to get to is, let's say, five years from now, is that if you are yeah. to join a large corporation, an Accenture of the world, a you know, an, uh, a General Motors or Microsoft, you'll be issued a laptop, a smartphone and a full body computer. Yeah, because just like the knife, the fork and the spoon all have a purpose. So these things do, too, mm. you know, and they have their interesting, time isn't it,
0: really? Yeah, because I guess when you read the take, obviously, you know, people like Tim Cook and Apple, uh, uh, Apple are kind of predicting, I guess, that in the next five years that smartphones will be obsolete and the future will be completely wearable. I guess it's kind of more, you know, will things like smartphones, like you say, still exist and that I guess they'll kind of complement each other rather than it being a, an either or
1: but the same thing was said about smartphones and laptops. Yeah. Right? Everyone's going to have a personal, la- you know, a portable computer that they take with them everywhere. Why are you ever going to mm-hmm. need a desktop? Right? Well, yeah. okay. Now, did the desktop market decline somewhat, you know, when when the other devices came in? Yep, you found some some market share compression, right? But it yeah. didn't disappear. You know, it's it's no. like You know, I know lots of people that have super powered desktops because the amount of compute that they need to do their jobs, no way you're doing it on a phone, you know. And so, um, you know, even a cloud connected phone, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, So I think it's, you know, it's going to be a case of you just add this thing on there and horses for courses.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what would you say then, I guess, over the last kind of few years of working with the technology is the kind of biggest thing you've learned from it?
1: Um, it is more about what people are going to do in the environment than it is about yeah. pixels, polygons, and resolution. Mm-hmm. And, and by that specifically, what I really mean is I've come up with a metric called RPMs, which is Richards per minute. And you'd say, well, <laughs> you say, look, Newton got the name his, Marie Curie got the name hers. It's my metric. And hey, you got to own it.
0: Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs>
1: RPM also happens to like you know everybody knows what RPMs are in a car and more is better right, um, but but what it is is a Richard is that you know every time your eyes move like one degree inside of a, inside of a, inside of an environment or your head moves one degree right or your body or your your hands move maybe a centimeter or they twist or they push a button any of those kind of like reactions if you will is one Richard and and what the data is showing from some measurements that we've done. Is that when people have, let's say, a headset on and the Mm. Richards per minute, the RPMs get below about 20 RPMs per minute, people start to get really bored. They start to become very aware of the pressure of the headset on their face and the heat. They start to become aware of the fact that they can't check their emails while they're doing whatever Mm. it is. And so it's a case of like your experience… If you if, you're, if people are using full-body computing and you're not full-body doing anything, they would yeah. rather shift over to another system. And you, usually what you find is um, this has been a challenge for the entire let's have a meeting in the metaverse community. Right? Yeah. Because most meetings, it's usually there's some person, a boss-type person who has PowerPoints, and she does all the talking. And what does she want the other yeah. 15 people to do? Sit down, shut up, and pay attention. Right? Yeah, and that's oh yeah, everybody loves feedback at the end, you know. And so, um, <laughs> so, so the thing is is that is that the person who's doing the talking, right? Oh, and on this slide, we're doing this, and then we're going to do that, and you know, and Martin's working on this, and we're all like really good. So that person's RPMs yeah. are really high, and they have a great experience. But the people in the audience all look like this, right? And yeah. So their RPMs get below twenty, and then they hate it. They absolutely hate it, and 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 thus it's really tough to convince them to come back and do it again. Mm. Right now, contrast that with some of the biggest hits in the VR world. Right, so Beat mm. Saber. Beat Saber runs at about almost five hundred to a thousand RPMs.
0: Yeah. Gorilla it's really half. compelling, is isn't it? Because yeah, because you definitely want to keep playing it again and stuff. Because yeah,
1: and, and you know, and by the way, the graphics of Beat Saber, Saber are like you know PS one graphics. It's it's yeah. blocks and a and a mm. light stick, and you cut them in half, and maybe there's some. Spark, I mean. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not beating on them, but it's, it's not like anybody yeah. has decided that you must have the Unreal Engine five to build Beat Saber or it won't be compelling enough, right? And yeah. what you find is, that every, is the activity is coming at you, and you, you self foveate down to what's going on right in front of you because it's, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on, so you don't care about all the pixels and the polygons and all that stuff around the outside, right? And so. Um, and 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 people have said well Richard but that's a super high intensity. You can't have people sweating all the time. It's like okay, fine. There's a there's a game called Puzzle Palace. Have you ever played this one? I've not, no. Oh, my god, you need to go get it. It's uh it's okay. 3D jigsaw puzzles. Okay. You, like in 3D, you like grab, you know, you like grab this thing and you bring it towards you and then you put this thing and, you know, either it fits or it doesn't. And then you push this one away and you, you bring it back and you do all this sort of stuff. And you literally, like, you you, you eventually, you, you put the whole thing together and it makes a really fun sound when, it all, when you win. Mm, Massive sure. sense of accomplishment. You then pull the headset off and realize that, you know, oh, my God, it's an hour later. I've just spent an hour yeah. putting a jigsaw puzzle together, right? But the RPMs are around, you know, 60 to 80 because you're constantly. Yeah. Remember, RPMs don't have to be big arm movements. It's just any mm-hmm. movement. So you're doing lots of small hand movements and twisting things and pushing buttons and moving your head around just a little bit, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So my my point on this is that um, if you look at many of the stories of what people are trying to say the metaverse is going to be or what it's going to be about, I find that many of them, by design, are low RPM situations. Yeah. And so I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think people are going to like it, you know, and, and then somebody says, okay, well, Richard, if you're so smart, what would you do to fix it? It's like, okay, well, specifically on meetings, the current model is the content is expensive, the people bring and sit, and I'm going to change the content, right? I'm going to change the PowerPoints mm. because that's the most expensive piece to do there. Well, and you sit still. Well, we have a model mm. that's thousands of years old, which is the walking tour. So yeah. when you walk through a museum, you have this incredible expensive content that is set up and you have a leader and all of the people and you go to the next one. and Everybody comes up and they're all looking around and, you know, I mean, they've got high activity levels while the experts talking and pointing at things. And you might even yeah. have like, some, you know, you might even have some objects for them to pick up or look at or whatever. And then you move on, but then it's time for the next slide. You actually move on to the next diorama, and everybody moves over there. And the RPMs of everybody are very high, but you still get the same content informational transfer. Right?
0: So, way, looking at it, yeah.
1: Exactly. So it's a case of like, look, you can do all the PowerPoint meetings you want in there. PowerPoint's not the problem. It's the it's mm-hmm. the RPMs of and the asymmetry of the presenter and the audience and you can change that by for example you could build a world and put all the powerpoints like like as almost like billboards along the highway and yeah. and actually change the angle so people can't see them and read ahead and then go to like sketchfab and bring bring a bunch of 3d objects and put them in front of certain you know powerpoints everybody wa- walks or teleports to the next one They can look around while you talk and point out the important stuff, move on to the next one, and then imagine Mm. this, right? You get to a situation where, um, hey, that's pretty interesting, and especially if the content lends itself to three-dimensional things, right? So like a a design review of a new fastener for the mechanical industry, right? Mm. Okay, that's probably more amenable to this rather than like a review of the, the third quarter budget for an accounting group. You know, yeah, it, that's a horses yeah. for course again, but now start to imagine that w- this is a, a weekly meeting that a group of people are going to have. And at the, um, and, and two things happen. One, you don't know what world it's going to be in every week. It's like surprise yeah. world. So yeah. whoever's putting the meeting together actually picks the world. It could be like, Hey, for Christmas, you know, for the holidays, we're actually going to go to Santa's, Santa's, uh, workshop. You know, and you're there and there's all sorts of, you know, elves and reindeer and stuff. You know, it's like we're still covering the third quarter forecast, you know, the review. Um, But it is like in an environment where as a viewer, you're like, holy moly, there's a sleigh going across the top, you know, and, and, you know, and do all these things. And then thus you have a compelling reason to go to the meeting every week. Besides the brute yeah. asymmetry of power, which is the boss said you should come, yeah. It's like, cause actually it's going to be kind of fun. They like, you know, I wonder who, who gets to pick the meeting spot next place next time. Right. And then you can finally throw the last yeah. piece of it in, which I highly advocate is, is, uh, you know, schedule an hour like you always do, do the meeting for 45 minutes and then have a mini game for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Now people go do a cooperative mini game. So if it was Santa's workshop, it could be you have to build like a blocks thing right and you're you're <clears throat> in two competitive groups and it's who can make the blo- who can make the reindeer the fastest right <clears throat> and you know and it's it's a little goofy but it is those things that you cannot do in zoom you can't do on a phone you're not going to yeah. do it in an office because nobody's going to pay to redecorate the office of Santa's, you know, workshop for a meeting on Thursday, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, but in VR, it's like, boom. I mean, you know, VR chat, I yeah. understand. VR chat has roughly 100,000 worlds in it now, mm. right? Now, some of them are going to be absolute garbage, but there's got to be some gems in there. And you could imagine somebody yeah. deciding to use those worlds as backdrops, right?
0: Mm because that's the thing isn't it i mean i know when when i first got the quest 2 when it kind of came out you kind of put it on and i think a lot of things sometimes have that kind of interest curve as well which is what you are you know sometimes read about the vr fitness industry that you know these things have the bell curve of interest and i think you know it it was it was very much like that the first time you put the you know put a vr headset on and and, and kind of go in that immersed world it's it's mind-blowing you know when you first put it on but then you know, when you through repetition, when you're going back again and again and again and again and again, it's like it, it, it gradually starts to become less impressive the more times you kind of put it on. And yeah, I guess exactly as you say, if the kind of if the Richards per minute are kind of also quite low, then then you kind of generally go, Do you know what? I'm just going to just stick it on the bookshelf at home and uh, kind of get it out occasionally rather than it being a kind of frequent yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I take a lot of people
1: I play I play golf in uh, uh, golf plus, especially the pro pipe yeah. games, right? Which uh it low poly, right? And I t- and I have business meetings there. So I take people out there to go have business meetings because you can do it's it replaces a lunch meeting. Yeah. Because you can't do lunch meetings in Zoom. Right? Have you ever tried to eat no. and have with somebody else in Zoom? It's disgusting, right? Nobody's nobody's gonna do it. <laughs> but if you think about a lunch meeting there, there's there's like a pendulum right there's you sit down and uh talk chit chat about the the kids and and the world cup while you order the food then the food comes and you eat a little bit and then in between you kind of like take turns talking about business right so then you talk about yes, some business yeah. you know while you're waiting for the food then the food comes and that gives you a break so you don't have, you can stop talking about business and then you talk about yeah. some business. And meanwhile, you're both playing chess. You know, you're, you're thinking about, hey, yeah. when do I bring up the budget that I need by you now or at dessert? And they're like, ooh, when do I tell them that the CEO hates their proposal? Do I tell them now or at wait till dessert? Right. <laughs> but, but what I find is that when you play VR golf with clients, it's the same pendulum, right? Yeah. When it's, somebody's teeing off, you zip it and let them play the shot, right? But then yes. in between, you can talk about business and stuff. And then when everybody's (laughs) sinking the hole, you focus on that. that Somebody sinks the hole. And this is the part that is fascinating. Uh, I I say this to a lot of people. It's like, look around you. I said, you know, especially when someone sinks a hole or they miss a shot, right? They miss a shot and they swear, you know? And right at that point, I say, think about this. Look around you. The reality is virtual, but the emotions are real. And that's the killer app of full-body computing. It's a highly Mm. emotional environment think about i'm talking about boredom frustration elation you know all those kinds of things that come from that um that you know you're just not going to get i mean when's the last time anybody got truly you know frustrated with a few minutes of a of a zoom call right you just ignore things.
0: you know totally uh absolutely that's a ways about it so what do you think then i guess you know where the the kind of if we take the metaverse out uh, for the moment and come, you know, we talk about the AR VR industry in general, but I mean, what do you think are going to be the biggest challenges for it over the next year or two?
1: Well, for the first, for the next year, for sure. AR does not exist. Mm. Right. I mean, it's, it's waving your phone around is real time. Photoshop. Right. It's, it's, it's it's, it's your, your phone is running an optimized version of Photoshop it's taking in video input, and it's painting pixels, you know, in a in a smart way on top of, you know, of the, the of the video stream, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not you. Im- it's not you immersed in a world and this, that, or the other. Um, and then the the other big you know, and the HoloLens, those things cost like three thousand dollars and are what four years old, five years old now. You know. Mm. Um, and that's they're not widely adopted. I mean, do you know anybody who knows an who owns an actual slam effective AR headset and wears it on for more than three hours a day? No. Right. Okay. So so that's so be clear, the just there, just be clear yeah. AR is not here today. It just does not exist yeah. today, right? And yeah. and anybody who thinks that it's going to come out tomorrow is I think it's going to be I'd love to make a bet, right? Because the, the, the fundamental problem with AR actually is heat dissipation. And people are like, what do you mean heat dissipation? It's like heat dissipation. It's like all the stuff that you want to do to make AR really work. So glasses that I would wear that would have knowledge of the world. So let's call that slam. There's other versions, but, but slam yeah. knowledge of the world. <clears throat> is smart enough to paint pixels on it fast enough. So high refresh rate with a high enough you know, like, like, uh, opacity so that it's not all like washed out translucent colors. And, yeah. by the way, that the field of view isn't like just a corner up in the corner. It's like actually my field of view, right? Take all of that. Um, right there, you're talking about 20 to 30 watts worth of compute requirements just to do that. Now, throw yeah. in the fact that it needs to be running a 5G modem. To, to like, you know, broadcast and receive a lot of real time data. And then, yeah. you know, you get to all of these things. You're like, okay, well, now you're looking at a system that's probably running at like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 watts. Well, yeah. you take a 50 watt light bulb and put it next to your face. How long do you want to do that? And the answer is, you know, not <laughs> yeah. very long. By the way, how big of a battery do you need to run a fifty watt system? You know, on on a lot of things. For example, my view is that the world's most effective augmented reality computer in the world is the self driving computers in a Tesla, because it's driving yeah. through the world at high speed. It's having to inter in you know slam and interpret everything that's going on in the world. And figure it now, it's not for the driver's benefit. They're not putting painting pictures for the driver. It's painting pictures for yeah. a synthetic driver inside the system, but it's doing the same thing. I I think yeah. somebody told me that the Tesla runs at like a hundred and hundred, hundred and twenty watts, the computer in that mm. thing. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want that level of capability on somebody's head, you're probably gonna need something the size of a car battery to keep it running all day, mm. even if you do solve the, yeah. the heat problem. So yeah. I, everybody's working on this stuff. I love them. They will optimize the chip pipelines. They'll make the lasers more efficient. They'll, uh, they'll they're working on all of that stuff. They will, they will, they will. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to be anytime soon. Right. And, how, how,
0: how far away do you think it will be then? I guess, you know, from a, um, from the point where you've got, you know, glasses like you have on at the moment where they are kind of have, have AR capability and it's got the kind of microcomputing and I, uh, uh, ability where it's not you know like you say going to be kind of super hot super heavy and um, the battery life lasts about five minutes
1: well i mean so so we had those with the north glasses right They they kind of did some very basic stuff but even then i think if i remember correctly they could only generate images for about 10 to 15 seconds at a time maybe 20 seconds at a time before it got hot
0: yeah
1: right and so again heat Batter, you know, a battery is chemical energy to electricity. Electricity goes into the compute. The compute generates heat. you got to dissipate the heat, right?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And so, so the more power you need to do all of this stuff, and think about the stack, right? You need an optical. You need a bunch of cameras. You need GPUs to interpret all those images and then render new images. You've got a, a, yeah. a wi- Wi-Fi or 5G bandwidth stack also running at the same time. You've then got, you know, CPUs in there doing their piece. You've got a bunch of memory calls going on. You've got lasers to, to, to create photons, you know, or some sort of <laughs> other option. I mean, you've just got a lot of, like, stuff that, like, you know, uses electricity, which means ultimately it's going to generate heat. Um, and, and I, you know, and I think people will, yeah. will work on it and get it down. I think where we'll, we'll, where we'll, I think where society will get to is that the first acceptable all day AR glasses will have like maybe a two hour all day, two hour, you know, photon length. They can generate two hours worth of yeah. photons a day, right? And that they will mm. be cut up into like 15 and 30 second slices, you know? Uh, and, yeah. and, and that kind of, and, and that that'll be how it works. But I think we also still, nobody knows if humans really want this.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Nobody
0: knows. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it's, it's, <clears throat> you know, you, you look at, uh, I mean, even the people that, that wear like the industrial versions with all, you know, with all those kinds of things, uh, it's, it's, you know, they're not, mm. they're not always in love with this thing, you know?
0: Yeah. So I guess, you know, if you could, based on obviously the last kind of, you know, three, four years of working with the technology, if you could change one thing about the kind of industry, what would it be?
1: Um, I think the the worst and best thing that ever happened was Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg saying the word metaverse. Yes. Right. On, on the one hand, it certainly brought a lot of attention to some of these concepts. Uh, on the other hand, it immediately pointed out within two meetings that um, we are nowhere near Ready Player One or the other, yeah. right? And and this is yeah. the part, it's a very interesting thing, right? Which is which is um, you know I, I did a whole bunch of meetings with clients in which they would always want to know what is it, how do we get rich, what do we do now, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and it would be like, okay, well. And I know. Say, look, like, I got to tell you, like, quite honestly, I do, I do this stuff a lot, man. I spend a lot of time on these things. I finally made it to level yeah. sixty in population one. It took me eighteen months to do this, you know. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, gold PJ for the win. Um, and, um, uh, and the you know and, and the thing that I you know that I say to people is that like, look, we all know there's only like what ten to fifteen million headsets out there and the yeah. truth of the matter is that about 30 to 50% of them are probably sitting in a drawer doing nothing at yeah. all right so yeah. that means there's conservatively 7 to 10 million people you know that are using the equipment on a fairly regular basis okay yeah and the problem with that is that that market is tiny for any of these mm-hmm. big corporations right it's the old Linda Evangelista joke. You know, she didn't get out of bed for less than ten thousand dollars. Well, you know, if you're a big if you're a big corporation, you'd be like, look, we don't get out. You know, we don't get out of bed for a market of less than like a hundred million people. You know. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, it's ten million dollars. And so then people get very frustrated. They're like, what do you mean, Zuckerberg did that video where he's on a space station with a bunch of people, and you know, and blah 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 blah. Right? I mean, that stuff's all real, right? It's like mm, that's vaporware, man and and it's like okay yeah. so 10 million so then people get very frustrated and say well then what about what about what about Roblox What about Minecraft? What about Fortnite? They've got markets the size that we want, right? Yeah. And I'm like okay, but two things, three things really. Number one they're really not metaverse, right? Yeah. Imagine what the, what the what, what we were promised. The Matrix, Ready Player One, all of the fantasies. And I always tell everybody, like, here's, here's, here's my, my, my litmus test for something is or is not The Matrix. Okay, it's five years in the future. It's, it's 2027. You and four of your friends around the world have decided to set a date for Friday night, and you're going to go hang out together in the metaverse. What yeah. are you going to do? You tell me what it is that you and your mates are going to do. Most yeah. of the answers sound something like, oh, well, me and my friends, ah, oh, okay, so it's multiplayer, right? So it's network multiplayer. Yeah. Are going to go to a discotheque on the, you know, on the rings of Saturn. Okay. So an exotic location where it's worth, you know, yeah. looking around or doing stuff. And there's gonna be like a space dolphin as a DJ. It's like, <laughs> all, right, all right, you know, crazy stuff. And I say, okay, so let me ask you this. So, you and your mates, right? I, I assume everybody's drinking at home, is, uh, you know, or at the discotheque <laughs> in Saturn with the space dolphin. And let me ask you, physically, what are you doing on this Friday night? And i like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, well, you like doing this? Mm, space dolphin, <laughs> you know, or, or are you doing this? Yeah. 99% of the people, like, no, no, no. It's like, it's like the dancing thing. It's like, okay, that is not Roblox, that's not Fortnite, and that's not Minecraft. And it never will be. Yeah, yeah That yeah. is VR. And it, that's why yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a fundamentalist in that I say you cannot spell metaverse without VR. I apologize mm. that Zuckerberg said it too early. I didn't do it. Mm. I, I'm sorry there's only 10 million people addressable market for this stuff right now. I didn't say that either, right? But the do you
0: do you think that I
1: guess it's full body, full body computing, alternate areas, yeah. reality spaces, interactions with other people in a realistic manner, and that is still early days.
0: Do you think had kind of Mark Zuckerberg not mentioned it, that it would have happened anyway? i you know through kind of natural evolution of kind of you know AR, VR, and MR. Or, or or was it just, you know, do you think he, I know like you say, he probably jumped the gun just to kind of get ahead of everybody else in the marketplace But and, and probably started a gold rush that wasn't there. But do you think it would have happened or, or well, how long do you think it would have taken, I guess, for it to kind of get to that point where clients honestly, wanted to be? I now?
1: I, honestly, I don't think that the... the... Endpoint the the ability for you and your mates to hang out in on the, the space disco on Saturn with the you know with the Do, DJ Dolphin, I don't think that's yeah. been I think that's maybe been accelerated a year or so by all of this.
0: Right, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: because we need to get to so for example the the, 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 the the Quest Pro is is I consider the that to be the first test uh, uh, technology complete headset. Right. Yeah. So it's wireless. So no tethering, right? It has very good optics. It's got the pancake lenses, so it's lighter and less boxy, right? It uh, it has uh, self-adjusting, I think, IPVs. Maybe I'm wrong, but, but it's got that. But the other key thing that it's got is that it has uh, hand tracking. So the Quest had hand tracking this, but it has face and eye tracking. And this is important. Yes. Because... Yeah. What it allows you to do now is that with the Quest 2, we could do motion at a distance. So you and mm. I could go do the discotheque right now, right? Get our Quest 2s out, yeah. we could do it, and we'd see each other dancing around. It would be it would be pretty good. But you couldn't yeah. tell if I'm laughing or frowning or whatever, right? So yeah. we had motion at a distance with the Quest 2. With the Quest Pro, we now have emotion at a distance, and so this is the killer app that's going to unlock, I think, what's going to happen with these things is mm. that, especially for people like decision-making, right? So let's say you uh, are looking at buying an apartment in Mallorca. This metaverse thing works out yeah. and you get rich, right? So you're going to go buy an apartment in Mallorca. Um, you certainly could look at it like on a Matterport scan, or you mm. could pop on a headset and and have a one-to-one representation of it but the sales yeah. agent could be there with you, right? And the sales yeah. agent can be pointing out things and the sales agent can see that, you know what? Senor Martin isn't really loving this one, right? <laughs> which right now you don't get that information, which from a sales no. perspective is invaluable, right? Yeah. But the problem with the Quest Pro, of course, is that it's, you know, fifteen to $1,800 or whatever it is. And so we yeah. need to get probably one to two generations down the cost curve. But my prediction is that the feature functions in the Quest Pro is, is the end state. That that's what's the, every headset from here on out is going to basically have that. Just the same as with the phones. If you remember, the, the iPhone 3GS was the first one to have GPS tracking in it. But it was a big old yes. fat beluga whale of a thing, right? But then the iPhone 4 came out, right? And every iPhone since the iPhone 4 is an iPhone four. Yeah. This is the form factor. It's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit taller, but they all, this looks, I mean, you know, if I was, a, if I was to hold this back there and tell you it was an iPhone four, I found in my drawer. Could you tell me I was wrong? No, right? no. So yeah. I think, I think the quest pro is either this one or the one after it is the final form factor for that capability. Um, and it's stack complete, yeah. so it's got everything it needs to be. And so now we just need to roll out the software and the user experiences, and you're going to see things like, you know, let's say uh, performance reviews. You know, remote performance reviews could be something yeah. that be like that in which I can very much see, you know, you are you are either enthusiastic or you are hating me on the results that I'm giving you, you know. And that's an important piece of information at a distance that video conferencing sort of does when there's two people. But as soon as you have, like, four people, there's something about your brain not being able to pick up on the emotional cues when there's four people at the same time. But if Social, you're, yeah. if you're in, a, in a virtual environment with four people, just like being at a cafe, you can completely track who's happy and unhappy, you know, and those hmm. sort of things. So, yeah, I'm very optimistic. But, I'm like, look, this stuff is going to happen. It is happening. It's just, it's Mm. happening on the usual technology development speed curve. Yeah. And that means that it's going to take probably one to two more full hardware generations before we get to, let's say, the iPhone 5, you know, or whatever. Yeah. That really kind of busts the market open where corporates are like okay yeah yeah yeah, we get it we get it now we save so much money on meetings and this that or the other from these things that when you join our company you get a laptop a phone and a headset you know
0: i I think it's interesting like you say particularly the facial tracking thing particularly you know I, i guess in our industry and recruitment as well because it means then clients can kind of do um kind of interviews more in in kind of virtual reality and things like that because at the moment you know as much as which is the kind of oxymoron that you know, we we work in the VR industry and, and kind of XR industry is a you know, in the broader sense, but interviews still happen via, you know, teams and things like that, or, or, or kind of Zoom because you just can't get that feel for kind of somebody's facial expressions. So I think it definitely well, would be because, for so also many because, industries.
1: Well, also because we're cowards.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: You want as broad of an available market as possible for this broadcast content. Right? Yeah, And there's like, you know, there's, you know, 6 billion human beings theoretically that could log into this, bro- into this podcast versus we said there's mm. really only about 10 million that might watch it if you and I had this interview in the metaverse. Right. Yeah. And you're like, well, we, you know, quite honestly, if we did this whole thing in, let's say VR chat or engage or spatial or Remio or any of those things. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Shit. We might get what? Two people show up. If you and I personally <laughs> arm twisted some people, we might get 20 people to show up, you know? Yeah. Um, and and so the risk associated with the market size is is the problem there, right? Mm. And, and, you know, now I can guarantee you that uh, here is one of the things I think that will happen is that this conversation will end up having uh, – being in the metaverse and having a large audience mm. when it mm. is, you know, when it is full emotion and motion – Uh, broadcast yeah, and when it is set up in such a way that you and I are actually doing something. So let's say you and I are actually playing a game of golf while having this interview and other people can shard in and watch us Mm. or, or ghost play a game while we're doing it and they get the full value out of the whole conversation and feel like they are there as maybe a quiet third partner or something like that. That's the kind of thing that we can do with this technology. You cannot do with Zoom and various other things. Uh, And and we're just not there yet, but it's coming.
0: Something just sprung to mind then, I guess. You know, do do you feel that, you know, because they've already said, I guess, that, you know, with the kind of advent of technology that people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. I mean, do you think that kind of as the VR, you know, as we become more and more immersed, you know, as the technology advances and the hardware becomes more readily available, that, you know, that we're going to become almost kind of have fly like kind of attention spans where we're just gonna be dipping in and out of everything and 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 I guess our concentration will completely go.
1: Um maybe. I mean, you know, it, it's it's I, I, I'm as guilty of losing my mind to an hour of TikTok as the next person.
0: But yeah. you know, um but I guess like, that's gonna be the difficult thing, isn't it really?
1: No, I mean we we could have end up the VR version of TikTok, right? It's just like, you know, you could be yeah. like having all these, for example, you could have, you know, like, you know, like these TikTok challenges where people like hop up and do like these dances for 30 seconds and then hop off. You could imagine a thing where people are there and then they have all these incredible special effects with it in the whole bit. And like, you know, and you're like, and they're flipping through every 30 seconds, they're loading another incredible thing. And it's, you know, and it's maybe the, the way that it's set up is that you're like, you know, on some cart that's moving through them, like almost like a a Disney ride or something. I have no idea. Yeah. Somebody else will figure this out, but (laughs) it will be fascinating. Do you think, do you think that from a, I
0: guess, yeah, I I, I guess, you know, that's more so from a kind of what you do outside of work and things, but do you guess from a business point of view, that there is the risk that attention spans will kind of become worse. If that is that, you know, I I guess there's a lot of kind of external stimulus. So if you're kind of. Yeah, but it depends on who you are. For
1: example, you could say that attention spans are getting worse. However, you just spent an entire hour looking at TikTok. So as far yeah. as TikTok's concerned, your attention span didn't get worse. They just captured entire – they just stole an hour from television, reading, your children, email, and everything else. They've done a wonderful yeah. job, right? And they've concentrated yeah. an hour of your time, and then they've shoved advertisements at you at, at roughly the same ratio as network television, Right. You know, yeah. twenty minutes per hour, I think is the is, is like what network television is rough running at. You know, or fifteen minutes per hour, yeah. and so they're doing the same thing. So they're just kind of like replacing television, in ter- from an attention span perspective. It's just the individual programs are not thirty minutes long or twenty minutes long. Yeah, minus, you know, plus ten minutes of ads. It's like each one is thirty seconds long, plus ten seconds of ads, gets you to forty seconds. You know, or whatever, and blah 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 blah. Right.
0: Yeah. So do you think it'll be? I, I guess more once the um, more comp, I, I guess once me, sorry, once pe- more people start adopting the kind of headsets, that the, I guess more, I guess industry and businesses will become more interested in the kind of whole metaverse thing. Is it largely because of the market yeah, I mean, cap, like you mentioned before? I guess as, where you know the as number the of headsets.
1: Expands, you know, as, you know, as the market expands, you know the advertisers and the content producers i mean this is why meta you know every every time meta does one of their conferences what, what's one of the very first things they tell you the number of software developers that have earned more than a million dollars yeah right and then the number that have earned more than five million and the number that have earned more than 10 million and i think we're getting close to i think beat saber may have earned over a 100 million dollars in license sales yeah right yeah okay so the reason they're, so they're telling that to the developer community so that they'll get into it and start making content because then that gives you you know more reasons. All they need is one reason to get you to buy the, this thing, and mm. then they'll tick-tock you, and they'll keep shoving content at you to try and get you stay in as long as possible, right? Yeah, and so you know, and so then the advertisers. We'll say, holy moly, we have lost, I mean, we used to put all of our money into TikTok because people were spending three hours a day on TikTok. Well, they're down to they're down to two hours a day on TikTok. Where did they go? It's like, oh, they went into the headsets, yeah. right? You got to go to the metaverse. People are spending an hour a day in the metaverse, you know? Well, we need to advertise there, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Now, so we just got to find minutes that. Left. I, mean,
1: I got I to hustle off. So what's, what's your $100,000 yeah,
0: question? What advice would you give to any companies that are kind of looking to that you started working with XR or kind of metaverse technologies?
1: Um, if let's say they are an enterprise company, um, there's three things that you should do right now that you will be no regrets moves. Number one, if you have anything in your company that is vocational training, blue collar, hands-on, how do you change the oil on something? How do you put these two wires together? How do you change the paper in the photocopier? By God, VR is the world's most effective way to teach people uh, uh, the basics, procedures, and variations in a safe, effective way for vocational training. You can train somebody up on how to do something yes. and pop quiz them like 20 different ways before you allow them to actually go touch the machine. Cost effectively.
0: Yeah.
1: So if you got any of that, no, no regrets. Go do that. Uh, number two... If you do anything having to do with people having to make decisions about spatial three-dimensional stuff, right? If a client needs to make a decision on approving a product, if a person needs to make a decision on buying a, a, an apartment or approving a renovation or a construction site or whatever, human beings are horrible at looking at stuff in on 2D or 2.5D and making a proper yeah. decision. Ask anybody that has ever built their own house, they regret so many horrible decisions they made that looked good on paper, right? Um, Mm. So if you are in any of those businesses, get into the VR 3D world, start putting headsets on your clients and make them look at it in full 3D first before they're allowed to sign off on it. Right. Uh, I know one company that does restaurant renovations. They now make their clients put on a headset, walk through the renovation one-to-one scale, like in a basketball court. And before they allow the client to do sign-offs, because the client always say things like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize the chandeliers were going to be that low. It's like, well, it was in all the renderings. You know, it's like, well, I can see it now, you know? And so anyway, uh, and then finally, the third one is that if you have an agile, a remote agile development team, so you got people all over the world. They're doing agile software development or add some other agile process. Buy them all a headset. Get them to do the daily stand up meeting in the metaverse, because you get two yeah. things. Remember, motion and emotion. Motion <laughs> is moving the sticky notes right on the back mm-hmm. backlog board, and emotion is, is that if I move something over into saying it's going to be done, and I look over and I see you cross your arms, and it's very obvious that you do not do not agree. That's incredibly valuable information that you will never get from a Zoom meeting. And so you will yeah. start, you will run into, you will avoid problems from doing that. So those three things, vocational training, anything that's three-dimensional decision making and any agile, pro, any agile up meetings. Because the other benefit is people do them five days a week. So it's every single day. So people get familiar with mm-hmm. it and comfortable with it. And they get over, they also don't have to wear the headset for like four hours to do it. Pop it on, do it, yeah. get the benefit, pop it out. It's good use of time, X, Y, Z.
0: Yeah. Richard, some absolutely amazing insights. Hopefully the question was worth a $1, thousand, hundred thousand dollars. And um, yeah, thanks very much for your time.
1: No problem. And just as a final thing, uh, people ask me, what am I going to do next? Uh, I, I'm going to become the venture altruist. Uh, basically speaking is I'm going to help startup founders. So precede through B round for free. So McKinsey quality help support and advice for free. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll actually have a website, The Venture Altruist, coming up soon. And uh, it's truly, it's my way of giving back to everybody. And if I can help, I'll help. Happy to hear about your pitch. And if I can, I'll help you out. So The Venture Altruist.
0: Lovely. Thank you very
1: much. No problem. Thank Talk you. To you all later. Bye.